Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods, an angler's choice out of San Diego, California. Today's episode, we have Brian Friedman of Bass Dynasty and um, Lip Rippers. Great podcast. He's a great businessman. He kind of gives us a breakdown on how he started those companies from, I mean, I think Lip Rippers was like 15 years ago. So yeah, it was a, it was a really good podcast. Thanks again for coming on, Brian. Uh, check out the Patreon this month. This is your last chance this week uh, before the first to jump on the Patreon. You get a chance at winning some stuff from Working Class Zero. Thanks, Mike. Uh, check out Working Class Zero. They have some new merch up and a sale. I think the sale ended, but they have a lot of cool stuff up. And if you're a fat guy like me, they have shirt sizes that fit really well. So check out Working Class Zero. Um, sign up for the Patreon, too. Is please. Uh, it's a $5 donation. You have a chance at winning some stuff. And this month, we are sponsored by Angler's Choice, a great shop down in San Diego. Please check them out, and here's a little bit about them. Is there anything better than watching giant bluefin tuna crash on your kite bait? Nope, nothing. Attention offshore anglers and kite fishermen. Our friends at Angler's Choice in San Diego are selling custom kite rigging kits, making it easier than ever to fish the kite. AC takes the guesswork out of it, saving you time and money by assembling everything you could possibly need in one custom kite rigging kit. The AC Custom Kite Rigging Kit includes four pre-rigged ready-to-fish kite leaders, one 200-pound floral frozen flyer rig with trocar circles, one 200-pound floral frozen flyer rig with owner trebles, one 200-pound mono double treble mackerel rig with trocar circles, one 130-pound mono double treble sardine rig with trocar circles, four Qualitex three-foot round balloons, two yellow, two white, four leg kite strings, Kite line by indicator marking tape, tough line rigging floss, bait rigging needles of five pack, six inch and 10 inch bamboo rigging skewers with micro zip ties, 320 pound size six ball bearing swivels, duo lock snaps, and ceramic kite rings. The AC kit includes everything you need and nothing you don't. All packaged in a durable reusable tackle box. So next time you're in San Diego headed out for Bluefin, be sure to visit Angler's Choice. Your one-stop shop for all things kite fishing. And be sure to check out the AC Custom Kite. By far the most versatile and effective kite ever designed. No joke. Totally durable for every wind condition and balloon assist. Have questions? Need answers? AC staff is the nicest and most knowledgeable staff around. Angler's Choice is located at 1910 Rosecrans Street in San Diego. And follow them on Instagram at Angler's Choice Tackle. 
And remember to support your independent tackle dealers, the life's blood of the sport fishing community. Thank you again, Angler's Choice, for supporting the podcast. We appreciate it. Please support them. Go check them out if you're in San Diego. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate that. And please follow us on YouTube. I'm working on it right now. I think Phil Dutra's episode should be up within the next day or two. And I'm going to try to bang those out. I think uh, I have a small break from episodes. I'm going to be all caught up. We have a really, really good one today. I'll announce it once we do it. Um, a lot of people have been wanting to hear from this guy, so I'm, I'm glad to get him on. And buy some merch, castandcrankpodcast.com. There is still some shirts and every size left, I think, except medium. But you could get it in white or black shirt. So please check that out. And thanks for listening, guys. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have someone that's been doing it for a while. You've done a couple different companies for a while, uh, Brian Freeman. How's it going? Thanks great, for having me. Great. Um, there's so many things I want to talk about because you do so much. <laughs> uh, Company-wise, I guess the first thing we'll touch on is uh, Bass Dynasty, I guess, because that's her biggest, you think, fishing thing that you run uh i would i would have to say lip rippers is actually believe it or not lip rippers is, is our well yeah. the, i guess the instagram's bigger but maybe not the company because is that in walmart lip rippers yes it is so lip, yeah lip rippers we have in about a thousand eleven hundred retail locations um bass dynasty we have um probably about the same actually mm-hmm. uh but what you know what often throws people you know throws people off a little bit is bass dynasty has two hundred thousand followers on instagram Lip Rippers has like 12,000 followers on Instagram. There's, there's a big difference. So people, you know, they automatically assume that Bass Dynasty is the, you know, that's the, that's the better brand. But in reality, it's the opposite way. So Lip Rippers um, actually started the company in 2004. Let me move that mic a little closer. I'll fix it for you. Okay. Sorry. I don't want it to be because it's, it's all this shit in here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, good. Now I could see yeah, it, too. Yeah, exactly. Because I know it probably might be fucking you up. You can't see My it. eyes are like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so go on. I'm sorry. So, back at Lip Rippers. Yeah. So, I, I started, I believe I started Lip Rippers in um, 2000. It was out of high school. You know, it was my senior year of high school. I started the company. Um, and uh, I incorpor- actually incorporated and turned it into a real business because before it was just fun. Like, yeah, I had a company, Lip Rippers, but for like five, six years, whatever it was, it was just for fun. It was me out there, you know slanging plastic worms that I was pouring in my garage, you know? Yeah. And um, finally incorporated, I believe it was 2008. And, you know, just kind of took that thing to the next level. Um, you know, trial and error, that whole thing. And, you know, next thing we know, we're in, you know, we hit those 1,200 or whatever locations. Um, How so did, that's, a, that's amazing because going from like your garage, you're probably pouring all these worms and stuff mm-hmm. to like having 1,200 stores. You don't, I don't know anyone. I mean, uh, I'm more of a bass guy, but. Okay. Usually it's like someone big like Demiki or like someone big already where you're like, oh, I hit it on my own and I, I figured out how to do it. That's amazing to me. Oh, right? thank you. you know? Thank you. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's that that's a that's a, a whole different note. Um, I think, you know, going back to the, the Lip Rippers side of things where it's like that's the big brand. Mm-hmm. Um, our sales for Lip Rippers completely trump bass dynasty um as far as as well it still does wow yes um our we just have you know our hatchery dust that was you know our main product line where you put it on the dough bait and um it turns your turns your dough bait your power bait or whatever into a real life hatchery pallet you know the same food that you know fish trout are raised on their entire lives so that product line you know just 
that is our bread and butter, that product line by far. Um, so we do very, very, very well with that one. And just that that's what makes Lip Rippers a lot better than, or not better, but you know, different. bigger, different bigger and, and different yeah. than Bass Dynasty. Um, Bass Dynasty will get there. We already have the, you know, we have the community. We built the hard part for Bass Dynasty. Now it's just a matter of coming up with the product lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to, um, you know, what you had just mentioned about, you know, starting from, you know, from nothing and going kind of up there. Um, you know, it was, it was a journey, you know, and I could tell you every single part of that journey, you yeah. know? No, um, I mean, I think it, it would not only be cool to hear from you, but I have a lot of small bait companies that probably would like to do that. Uh, but it's I'd, hard I'd love because to teach them. It's, it's hard because it looks like it's very easily, easily, easy to get fucked by someone for sure. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And it's like, you got to make the right decision. So it's like, you're very successful. So I'd love to hear like, break down how you've made lip rippers, what it was, you know? Okay. And maybe you use that formula probably multiple times now. It's kind of like, okay, this worked. Let's try Bass Dynasty. Let's try it with this. Let's try it with that. Yeah. And right. yeah. So lip rippers, it took me so long to do. It took, you know, to get to this point for lip rippers. Cause I didn't know anything about business. You know, I was just a kid messing around, having yeah. fun. And, um, what made Bass Dynasty a little bit different was I had already gone through all the trial and error. I knew all the fundamentals. I knew, I knew that, you know, if I, if I did this with lip rippers, then it, it would be good or it wouldn't succeed. Or I already knew all that stuff. So Bass Dynasty was just like, oh, just, it's just another product line. Imagine if it's just a product line for lip rippers, just a little bit different designs and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think that, you know, in the beginning, when you start the company, um, you know, typically people typically work, and this is probably like the biggest advice, you know, that I could give, mm-hmm. and I, I'm happy to give whatever advice to yeah. these guys. Um, right. but one of the things that I feel that kind of made us a little bit different um, is the fact that we built we built backwards a, a typical business backwards. So normally companies come up with they come up with their product first, and then they go on their social media. And um, I'll just give you an example. We could make something up right now. Let's call it um, Joe Schmo Lures okay. or something like that. Um, so I'm going to create a lure company. I'm going to create worms or whatever it is, whatever whatever you want to make. Um, and then you create your social media, and that's going to be Joe Schmo Lures, right? That's your natural instinct to do that. And then the first thing you're going to do is you're going to take pictures of your products, right? And then you're just going to keep pumping that. Well, what happens on Instagram and algorithms and all that stuff, you're probably experiencing it with YouTube, all the algorithms. You no, know, I trying have to... no clue how to do it. I've been doing it just like I just do it. Oh, you just do it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I have no clue. Oh, yeah. So, like I've been trying to hit 10,000 for like, I just hit it. I'm like 10,100 and something, but on Instagram, but it's taken me like three years, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I won't buy bots. I know people can. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it because it's an advertisement piece. Why wouldn't you want that swipe up if I can just buy 5,000 bots and then I can swipe up? It helps. Yeah, I mean. But he, as a, as myself, I feel like, man, I'm lying. Yeah, yeah I would never touch a bot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? It, this, that's the biggest way to get banned on Instagram. Uh-huh. They know what you're doing. They know all that stuff. So just stay away. Yeah. Like if you do it the right way, you could grow your pages, you know, successfully. And back to what you're talking about, I, I kind of get in where you're going with Instagram. So go mm-hmm. back on that story. Like, Okay. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so you have Joe Schmo Lures. You just came out with the product and you want to show it to everybody. You don't have any followers yet because you're starting, you're starting fresh. So what happens is like you start posting a picture of like an orange worm or something and then a blue worm and then a whatever worm. You're going to get like one follower, you know, one follower here, one follower there. And it's going to take you just to get to a thousand. It's going to take you forever to do. Yeah. Right. Because people don't want a product shoved down their throat. And that's what I learned. You post a picture of a product like even for Bass Dynasty, um, like our videos, like viral videos that we post on there daily. We'll get, you know, we'll average like 20 to 30,000 views on every single video. 
Whereas if we post, I know, I know if we do a viral video, that's what we're getting. Um, if we post a product picture and those are likes, not views, but you're probably looking at like 400 likes. There's a big difference between 400 likes and 20 to 30,000 views. What are you looking for when you, when you post something likes or views? Um, it's just different. It's just different. What would you Um, rather have? I, I think I, a like was worth more than a, than a view, you know, because you can, I don't know. But what do you think? Um, um, even, it, it just depends how it depends on how many impressions. And okay. You just check your insights and it tells That's you all that That's what you're really stuff. looking for is impressions um, and insights. Yeah, but I, I try to hit, like our videos, I always want to hit 10,000 views. Okay. Our, our pictures always want to hit 1,000 views. But the problem is, like, if you post a picture of just someone holding up a big fish, that's awesome. People love that. People engage in it. Hits the algorithm, everything, and your hashtags and all that stuff. But that's going to get like we want a thousand. We want a thousand likes on okay. that picture. Whereas you post a picture of a product line, and it, even if it was like our best product line, we're getting four or five hundred views, or not views, four or five hundred likes on it. Okay. So I'm just trying to show you, like, that's an example of you post a product picture, it's not going viral. It's not. So going back to the Joe Schmo, you're posting all your pictures of your products. Nothing. You're not going to get yeah. it. You're not going to hit that algorithm. I don't care if you hashtag everything correctly. I don't care what you do. You're not hitting that algorithm yeah. because people do not want a product um, shoved down their throat. Right. So what I learned to do with my brands is to work backwards. Um, and I'll give you an example through Bass Dynasty. Uh-huh. So I built, I built a community of, um, I built a fishing community. I built a bass fishing community before I even told people I had a product. Um, so our, our community was just, it was just like Bass Dynasty and we had What no, year did you start Bass Dynasty? Um, bass Dynasty was, it was like four years ago. Okay. I want to say it was like four or five years ago. And, wow, um, dude, congrats on building that many followers in four or five years. Oh, oh yeah. So, so that was, um, that, that was a different time. So we got into, yeah. we got into Instagram That's true. very, very and, uh, early. Four, four or five years ago, you could build that a lot easier than you a, could now. Okay. A lot easier, a lot easier. Um, Instagram really rewarded people back then. And now it's like, they don't, you know, we were getting, you know, 400 to 500 new followers every single day. And that's what we were getting. But now, now we struggle getting, you know, staying afloat, you know, yeah. with getting positive, you know, followers. It's just crazy. So like what, um, back to the Joe Schmo. So like, instead of posting like your, um, sorry, I draw things out. Like that's how I, no, that's how I'm I think. Like, so I'm, I'm, drawing. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm ADD. So like, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I got another one. Hold on. You know, like, so just go back to what you're talking about. Okay. Trying to really this time to like, I want to hear your story. Cause it's very interesting. So go ahead. Okay. Move forward. Yeah. I have this little like picture. I see the picture right now of like Joe Schmo. And I think we're going to create a brand. After yeah. This. So, so it's going to be like, let me put this on replay all the time. Let's do it. I'm yeah. down. Um, so yeah. So like, instead of, you know, instead of calling it Joe Schmo lures, I would call it Joe Schmo fishing to start out, you know, maybe that's for the first six months, maybe that's for the first year and just okay. kind of plan things out. And what I'm doing is I'm posting viral videos of fishing. Um, you want to build a community that uh, just a community of people that like to fish. Right. And if it's, um, if Joe Schmo lures is bass fishing, for instance, I would post bass fishing videos. So what I would do is I would post and it gets, I know it's tedious and grueling and like it takes, it's a lot of work to post, you know, several times a day and not get discouraged, you know, and all that stuff. But like you post three to four video viral type videos a day, you're going to start picking up, you know, just people that love fishing, love bass fishing in general. And you're going to get, you're going to hit the algorithms. You're going to get a lot more people coming in engaged into your posts. And, you know, a year down the line after you have, you know, 200 or whatever posts on there or even more, then you start introducing your product. You know, then I, I turn my page from, I convert it from Joe Schmo Lures, I, and then, or I'm sorry, fishing Joe Schmo Fishing into Joe, Joe Schmo Lures. Okay. And then what I'm doing is I'm putting a, um, like, 
I would have a ratio, you know, one product, um, here's our blue worm or whatever, whatever your product is. And then I would have like four posts of viral videos and then just kind of repeat that. So you're never shoving anything. You're kind of like sneaking it in, you know, you're just kind of sneaking in your product and then get people comfortable with it. Cause at first they're going to be like, what the heck is this? Yeah. What is Joe Schmo? You guys have lures. And, um, so you just get them used to it and kind of like trained to, you know, to, and did you learn it. that with the lip? That was lip rippers. That's kind of how you learned it then. Um, yeah, I mean, well, or was this your second, this was my second, this was Bass Dynasty. This was Bass Dynasty. Um, Lip Rippers was just different, man. It was a different, see, the thing is like, you didn't really have Instagram as much. I didn't. I I had no Instagram, man. I had Fishing Network. Do you remember Fishing Network? Do I remember? That's where I started. So I started at Fishing Network and I surf fish. That was my big thing. So like Wingnut, all those guys, like I knew Mm -hmm. who they were and I'd fish and I was quiet and I'd post stuff, but I always run into them at the beach, swap, saltwater, saltine. But no, I, I mean, that's where I was too. And that was probably around the same time, 2009, 10, 11. That's when I started really getting into it hard. And that's what you had then. And that's all there was. That's, that was YouTube the only social media. YouTube wasn't even as good then either. YouTube sucked yeah, back then. Yeah. YouTube was bad. Maybe like even Facebook sucked. Yeah, it was exactly. even on Facebook. It was Facebook. nothing like it is now. Yeah. So um, I guess like the easy, the ease of entry is a lot easier now because you could just create a page on Instagram and like, you know, hit algorithms and but grow really a, fast. There's a give and take because the ease of entry is good. But building the brand is not on Instagram. It, oh yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, but like to start out with, uh, I did a lot of stuff on um, on Fishing Network. Um, Jeff Sun, that the owner. Jason. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, greatest guy ever. Yeah. Great, that guy helped me out so much when we first started. And we used to, you know, post ads, those little banner ads, yeah. you know, in the top. We used to do yeah. those. For you. I did that for like. 10 I think years. that's where I kind of started seeing it was those banner ads. Yeah. Lip yeah. rippers, you know, like, and then I started YouTubing that trout fishing i think it was Santa Ana river lakes mm-hmm. and then i that came up and then i would see all these videos of dudes just catching these giants 10 pound trout yeah yeah, yeah. that's that a lot was of like your claim to fame i mean for it me was. for trout like that's what i found it was it was yeah. and we um we became really good one of my one of my best friends is um craig elliott from Santa Ana river lakes okay he's awesome. part owner of all the lakes so yeah. I, I see him all the time and um he taught me so much um, over the years, but, uh, you know, the, the main thing, I'm just going to keep jumping from, from thing to thing, yeah, but go ahead. That's just, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of speaking of Craig, um, and I'll never, I'll never forget this. So, I mean, I, I grew up fishing there, you know, as, as a little kid and I got to know him just from fishing there, you know, once a week. Did you and, go to um, your dad or you, did you get dropped off? My or? mom used to drop me off. No way. Yeah. Oh, and cool. then, cause nobody, nobody in my family fished. I'm it was just me. Same thing. Yeah. Same. Well, my uncle does, but I didn't find out till later on in yeah. life, you know? Yeah, so just drop, drop, mom. Can you drop me off at the lake, please? You know, <laughs> drop me up. Wake up at three a.m. Drop yeah. me off, and I would just walk around, you know, and just make friends, you know. Um, yeah. But what I really remember about Craig is he taught me one thing with marketing, and this, like, for the people that are just starting, um, and it, it's the biggest thing that I've ever learned. Probably, Craig said, "Look, I was trying to. We were throwing a tournament. I was throwing a tournament at Santa Ana River Lakes, and um, we he was going to place an ad." on Western Outdoor News, which was going to be a back page ad. And those costs, you know, what was that back in the day? Like three or $4,000. Pretty still cost the same, possibly. Yeah, probably. Lot, yeah. Probably. So, like, I had to make this ad good. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I don't know how to design an ad, you know? Um, so he was teaching me things. And then he taught me one thing. I remember being in the trailer and, like, he's, he's showing me, like how, to, like, how to position things and all that stuff. Because, like, as a small company or, like, somebody just getting into something, you design things that are very cluttered. You know, and it's like there is no focus on it. It's just text and then a picture and then text and picture and text and picture and all that stuff. And Craig printed out my ad that I was drawing up and he says, Brian, look, 
And then he walked to the back of the trailer and then he held up on a, just an eight by 11 piece of paper. He held it up and says, what does your ad that you just designed? What does that portray? Like if you're just a random person, customer looking at that, what would you think? And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you cuss on this, but I was going <laughs> to, yeah, you know, I whatever the fuck, yeah, you want. fuck if I know, I don't <laughs> like, I can't even, I designed that thing and I can't even tell you what that yeah. thing is. You know what I mean? And um, so like it, that kind of just kind of hit home to me because he's like, Brian, if you're just a random person looking at an ad and you hold it across the room, you should be able to tell what that ad means. What is the thing that's going to hit you? What do you want like to hit your customer in the face first? So that was one of the first things that he ever told me. And since then, every single ad that I have ever done in my life, you know, and this is 20 years ago or whatever it was, yeah. it all follows that. It and all you can follows even that see template. In your Bass Dynasty. It's like, I know that's Bass Dynasty because... The logo, the writing, I know that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like every yeah. time you put something up like that. Yeah, I, I just try to, you know, if there's like a giveaway or something, I just try to hit them in the face. I'm going to hit you in that face with a giveaway. Yeah. If it's a giveaway ad, you walk across that room, print it out on a piece of paper, hold it up, and it's going to say, you're going to be like, oh, that's a giveaway and there's a fish on it. And then if you want to have like your smaller details on there, like you could have your smaller fine details. Print. Your fine print. Matter. It's just the giveaway brand done. Exactly. Exactly. Because things get really, really complicated. Like people have a very short attention span. I have like the worst attention span ever. Like I'm staring at like every squirrel and you know, um, but yeah, so like, especially on social media, because the attention spans are so small, like you have a fraction of a second to really get somebody. And then, so like, if they're going to look at it really, really fast, then, and you have like, they're going to scroll to the next thing because they don't care about your ad. You know, you just hit them with that one thing. And then if they're interested, then they'll actually pay attention to the very small print, but there is no need to put that print any bigger. You so know? Your, your goal is just to grab someone's interest more than anything. You don't want to tell them anything. You just want to go, look it. Yeah, oh, look well, it. I like it. Okay. Tournament. Me, you know. yeah, we have a tournament Saturday. Okay. That's if that was, that's you know, it. that's it. Okay. We have a tournament Saturday and then the fine details could come yes. or tournament Saturday, thousand dollars grand prize done. Yeah. You know, um, and whether or not, you know, whether or not what, what I just explained, whether or not that's like the greatest strategy, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I, I, this is all trial and error for me too. You know, I have and a lot of growing did, to do, but, you, but I mean, this is your, your, uh, kind of like when you were like youth of the, the business oh, yeah. aspect for you at this time. Oh yeah. And that's something that's set in your head this whole time. Is the, like, yeah, this whole know? time. That is like, keep if it I, simple, keep it, you know, as far as marketing goes. Yeah. yeah. Keep it very, very, very simple. And that's like the thing that stuck with me. So. So then uh, after you kind of started doing the tournaments, got a little bigger, mm -hmm. fishing network probably helped people were DMing you. Oh, did. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you go about getting in fucking Walmart? Someone big, a distribution company. Like, did they come to you? Did you go to them? Like, how did that work? Uh, oh, man. That, oh, geez. It's, I, my brain directly goes to every step on the way up. Mm -hmm. um, no, you could talk about it. And I love hearing this because it's, it's amazing to hear, like, how many, pe how many people have I talked to have gotten into like Bass Pro Walmart or something? I don't know. Okay. You know, not many. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so the very, it's actually kind of an interesting story. Uh, you may find it interesting. So <laughs> um, I had, I had zero locations, you know, I was just a kid having fun and um, we were. How old are you right now? I'm 37. Know. Okay. I'm 37. Um, so I was, when I actually had the company, it was, I, I was probably 17, 18, okay. you know? And um, immediately, you know, I come from a business background. My dad's, uh, he's a, um, he owns a construction company, okay. develops and all that stuff. But he has that business mind, you know. And um, so I've always grown up with the same business mind, you know, more or less. So the very first thing that I think of is scaling. 
Um, every business, if you're going to succeed, you have to think about scaling. Otherwise, you're just going to keep doing the same stuff over and over and over again. So even though I had no, like, it was just a fresh company, you know, like I had nothing going for me at the time. It was just it was super new. Um, the very first thing that I did was me and my friend were, there was, uh, we went up to Mammoth Lakes for the Eastern Sierra yeah. Trout Opener. Yeah. And what is that, like end of April every year? Mm-hmm. So there's like thousands of people, thousands of fishermen that go up there, um, all trout fishermen. That's all they, that's all they do and they love it. So my first thing is like, how do I compete with the Berkeley, you know? And I don't know why I thought that way. Like I should have just focused on myself and stuff, but like, I was like, I'm going to, if I'm going to no, jump into this, wanna, jump you, in. You're looking at the biggest thing you to me, I'm looking, how do I be like Bass Talk Live? How do I be like Joe Rogan? Fuck man. Yeah. Who knows? How do I get up to where I need to be? Of course mm-hmm. you're going to think that, you know? Yeah. So the very first thing that I, that I thought about was, um, you know, I had like a hundred dollars budget at the time. I had no money, yeah. you know, I, I didn't. And most of these small companies don't have any money to begin with. Um, so the first thing that I did was like, I read some books on guerrilla marketing. That was like, I focused on that for a year. I probably read 10, 20 books on guerrilla marketing. And what, for people that don't know what that is, it's like, if you have Berkeley with a hundred thousand dollar budget and you have, you know, a thousand dollar budget, they're going to place every ad in every magazine to where it's going to, you're going to have nothing, right? They're going to get all of their promotion out yeah. of that. And um, what you learn with guerrilla marketing is ways to get a hundred thousand um, dollars of marketing, but out of your thousand dollars that you have. And yes. I just made up that thousand dollars. So what I decided to do <clears throat> to start the company was I had trout worms. I had just come out with trout worms. I was um, I don't I wasn't hand pouring those. I had just actually got in like two thousand, I think, or something like that. Okay. So my my plan was to um, have these little sample packs. I didn't have I didn't have any packaging. I, I barely even had a logo. I had a logo that was clip art. You know, it was like the ugliest. Yeah. And I actually have the tattoo on my arm <laughs> from the ugly logo. It's so funny. It's like, oh, ugly logo. Hey, um, but that's a, that's means, but it you means know what something I said? to me. You could have a piece of shit tattoo uh-huh. or any kind of tattoo. As long as it means something to you. Yeah. That's, that's what matters. I've never got anything on my body. I've, my legs are tattooed. They all mean something to me, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm not going to get a tribal, like a big piece and like uh-huh. a Hawaiian thing and I'm not Hawaiian or, you know, like, yeah. but that means something. So that's cool. Oh, you know? it does. It does. And I love it. I, I don't have any regret, regrets on yeah. it. It's just funny because like I've cha- rebranded and all that stuff, but whatever. Like it is what it is. Uh, I'll show you guys some other time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So what I did was I, I, you know, I took what I learned with guerrilla marketing and I put all of my um, lures in two packs and I made sample packs. I just got like a little... And this was before like Photoshop and all the cool stuff. There was no Dude, cool stuff back then. I was then. going to FedEx and printing them out, right? Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. So like I made these business cards on like the worst computer ever. It was like all pixelated and everything. It had my logo with like a Hawaiian background <laughs> on it. Like it made no sense. You catch a lot of trout in Hawaii. A ton of them. <laughs> a ton of them. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I made a thousand um, two packs. Okay. And then I went up to the Eastern Sierras and I just, I went with a couple of my buddies and all we did was walked around every single lake up there because there's thousands of people up there. Went yeah. around to every single lake and just handed a sample pack. Oops. Sorry. Oh, handed dude, a sample a, pack to everybody. That's such a good idea, man. Yeah, so we did that. And um and I had no stores at the time. And so that's what I did. I handed out we handed out all thousand packs. And it was like it, it's a little it's a little discouraging when you do things like that because you don't know what's gonna happen afterwards. And then like you're sitting there after you do it, and then you're like, Wow, should I have done that? Like I just spent, you know, a lot of time preparing, a lot of time walking around. What was that? Like, did it did it work? You know, and that's like one of the things about being patient with business because it all adds up as long as you keep consistent with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I do that, 
And um, I'm like, I'm like, wow, like nobody, you know, I, I had just made a website too, like a really ghetto website. And, um, but it was cool. It was good enough. This is pretty squarespace and all the easy. Before all that stuff, dude, <laughs> yeah. it was like, I was trying to use like Dreamweaver or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I, I had remember a, that. I had to learn to code. I didn't know how to code and it was horrible. Like yeah. you looked at it, you're like, dang, that's really bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I get back and I'm like a little bit discouraged cause like nobody placed an order on the website and I'm like, man, how do I get people to come to me? You know, like that was my first instinct. And, um, I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't know how to get my customers, like those people that I handed out the samples to, like, I don't know how to get them to come to me. Um, but as far as like a retail store, how do I get them to come to me? So what I did, and, and I don't know if like, I don't know if it's, you're not supposed to be doing this stuff, but I did, this is what I did personally. Yes. Right. And I, 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 I do it again. You know, if, <laughs> if, if I was starting a company and I needed to, I would hundred yeah. percent do it again. I called every single, I got a list, I actually jacked it from Berkeley's website because they had like a list of all the retail stores that they sold their products to and the store's phone number. I called every single one of those stores and I said, hey, do you have any Lip Rippers products? Do you have any of those Lip Rippers trout worms? I've, I've been using them and I've been catching a ton of fish on them. Do you have any? So I did that daily for like a week, you know, and I, I had my friends do the same thing. I paid them to do the same thing. So essentially what we kind of did was we built our own demand, you know, like the, it wasn't other people calling in asking for these hot new lures. It was us. It was me calling in, you know, and um, it worked because next thing you know, I have these stores coming to me saying, hey, so you played the game. I played the you game. Played the game. That's it's yeah, not, it's not bad game. or anything. If someone doesn't want to, I mean, this is a different time, too, because mm-hmm. now it's easier to fact check. Oh, it's different it was, times, you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. so back then I would have done the same. I've done some yeah. fucked up shit. Before, yeah. Like, so, but that's like the way I see it though. Like that's not, I, there was no harm there. There's no, no harm. There's no foul. Like who does that hurt? It hurts nobody. Right. But in the end of the, but, day, end of the day, it's like, I've talked to people about like professional anglers that put different baits into those bags. Uh-huh. Oh, that's different. That's but, a different but, story. But, but they're sponsored by Berkeley, but they might have a different bait. Maybe the Berkeley baits won't work, but they got to get bit and they got to show that. Yeah, that's sponsored. that's not good. And and I I don't think it's bad, but it's like if you can't get bit during a tournament, yeah. And this is tournament stuff. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, and I get it, you know. And you did, and it's not a bad thing, like where you're mm-hmm. tricking someone. It's more of like it hey, was. I want my product, you in, your your product store. in the store. That's there's all no I cared other way about. for you to talk to someone to get that in. There was no way to do no it. Way, there's no way. there's no way. If I just walk into a tackle shop and I'm be like, hey, will you carry my product? And again, this is. 20 years ago. This yeah. is a long time ago. If I just walk in there and ask, hey, will you carry my product? They're going to say no. There's no demand for it. You know? So, like, as far as I'm concerned, I was an you aggressive created, kid. You created, I created a demand. A demand. Okay. Yeah. And I did that for, like, I mean, you only have to do that for a certain amount of time. You know? So, like, if I was going back to the Joe Schmo lures, like, if I was him, like, that would be a that So, would be out, a of the, out of those percentages, so, like, I would think of, okay, I called 50 stores. Mm-hmm. You say 40 of them got back to you. Yeah. How many re-upped? I got, well, I got three orders. Whatever that three means. Three orders, okay. I out of those out, 50, you got three orders. It was, to be honest, it was it was more than 50. Okay, um, let's say 100, you got three orders. So you got yeah. 3% out of 100. Yeah, probably. Okay. Did they keep with you and re-upping? Oh, they did. They and did. it worked because they had it. It did. There. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that worked. So that was like my first three, three stores. And again, this is before Instagram and stuff because like now you don't need to do the things that I had to do you know, back in the day, like now it's just create an Instagram and show that your products work. And then the stores are going to come to you. And it's very easy to do now, yeah. you know, um, which is, which is great. I love entrepreneurs. Like, honestly, like if you came up to me and said, Hey, you're going to start a problem or you're going to start a fishing company. I will help you. Yeah. You know, I want to see you succeed. We're all in this for the, you know, for fun anyways, at the end of the day, like you fish, I fish, I'm going to help you succeed yeah. if I can. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, so I picked up three locations right off the bat. Um, and then uh, a pretty large company, they had like 10, 10 retail stores. Um, the One of the buyers actually turned, it, he taught me how to fish. He taught me how to tie my first knot. Um, so I got, you know, instantly into 10 more, you know, so that was oh, like, no way. so that was 13. I just got super lucky. And um, so I go from 10 to 13 and then, and then I'm like, wow, how can I go? This is a long ass story. So I hope no, you got I'm, some time. I want to hear it. Dude. Okay. So then now I have 13 locations and now it's becoming like, it kind of hits you like, wow, you know, I, I'm kind of creating something here, you know, and it gives you like that, some motivation to kind of keep going. And, um, then I start hearing about a distributor. Like, I didn't know what the hell is a distributor. Like what the hell does a distributor do? So what the distributor does is they have like a whole list of different products. And then, um, they sell like the manufacturer, that would be me. I sell to the distributor, the distributor sells to whatever stores are in their territories. Um, so this particular one was AWR sports. Um, they're one of the bigger ones They're They're okay. ran by, um, big rock sports. So I'm oh, like, big, isn't uh, you know, Jimmy Getty. I know Jimmy. He Jimmy's was just awesome. on two days. Last week. Oh, really? I love Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's like Jimmy, the coolest Jimmy's guy a, ever. Yeah, he, he's a really cool guy. Yeah, I and love Jimmy. He works at Big Rock right now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I believe I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, and I have nothing nothing but great things to say about Big Rock and yeah, AWR no. and Jimmy and all them. Like, yeah. they're, all, they're all awesome. Um, so, I guess just going back to, um, back to Big Rock. Yeah. So, I'm learning about what a distributor is, and, and I'm running into the same problem of, like, there's a million worm companies. I'm making little worms, dude. I, I have like 13 SKUs. There's nothing crazy about what I, I, I didn't come out with anything like, like crazy, you know, like I didn't need a patent for it. Yeah. There was just, no, it was just, it was a worm, dude. It was a worm. And I understand that I'm realistic and I'm like, okay, I created worms, but I need to create a demand to get into that, you know, distributor. So I was like, okay, well, what do I do? I'm selling to these retail stores directly, those three or five or whatever I had at the time. And, um, I came up with a scheme or not scheme, but I came up with this idea like, okay, if I, if I stop selling direct to them and I say, look, you guys, you want more product. Cause they were actually selling. Once they get in the stores, they were selling good, yeah. you know, cause we created yeah. demand for them. Um, so what ended up happening was I just said that I told the stores, look, if you guys, if you guys want to buy product from me, I, I can't sell to you any direct anymore. You need to find a distributor to do it. Yeah. So then I told all of them that. So the next thing you know, they're calling AWR in that territory. I planned this, you know, I kind of planned this thing out. So I, next thing you know, but at I have, the same time you wanted them to go to AWR to show them, Hey, I could bring stores in as well. Exactly. Right? Okay. So, so instead of trying to, Hey, you know, blindly going to AWR and say, Hey, look, here's my product. Will you yeah. carry it? You know? I didn't do that. I went, you know, the more strategic route and I said, you know, stores go buy from AWR. And then now you have st- retail stores asking a distributor to buy the product. The distributor has to buy the product. Yes. You know, they have to serve the customer. So then I had them, I had the distributor come to me. And then once that happened, I think we picked up 50 more locations, um, 50 more. And then like they just so, started. So when in. they did, the di- when you had that distributor, you say you had those 12 stores, mm-hmm. you go to distributor, those 12 stores go to the distributor. Mm-hmm. Then your demand rised a lot, right? To the, because to the they don't just want yeah. what they want. They want to have like twenty or thirty percent extra in stock so they can keep going. Yes, right? yes. So, so that kind of changed a little too, as well. Yeah, and and when a distributor orders, they they like they backload their yeah. inventory. So like they were ordering, you know, instead of me selling everything, I was selling in twelves at the time, which is you know typical for the industry. Um, I was when you sell okay so if you sell to a retail store you're selling in 12s if you're selling to distributors they're ordering like because they don't want to keep ordering yeah. yeah they're ordering like 100 at a time so now i'm sitting there like dang i have you know 100 retail <laughs> locations or whatever this is pretty cool um and you know i i was like okay well what's the next move 
and I had I had met I had met um, going back to Craig, remember okay. the, yeah. the owner of Santa Ana, and um, he had he had created a company called um, Crave Bait, and they sold it. I think they sold it to Eagle Claw. Remember Crave Bait? They made the dough bait and I all do. that stuff. Yeah. So he sold that company, and um, they had a manufacturer's rep named Denny Vopat. He passed away. Greatest okay. greatest guy ever. Greatest guy ever. And um, Craig's like, I should introduce you because he was out of the he was out of the you know the business now. So he's like, I should introduce you to Denny, and maybe Denny, the manufacturer's rep, could rep you. And I'm like, oh yeah, I would love to do something like that. So he introduces me over at one of the AWR shows, and mm-hmm. I go up to Denny, and um, he didn't he didn't even know I was going to go up to him, but I just said, hey, you know, screw it. So I just built up all my courage, and I walk up to him. I say, you know, I'm I'm Brian. It's very very nice to meet you. Um, I heard a lot of good things about you, and I just picked his. He let me pick his brain for a good hour, you know, at the trade yeah. show, and I thought that was the coolest thing. And he says, says, by golly, Brian, if I wasn't retired, I would I would completely help you. And then I was like, damn. So I don't get I don't get like the legend. He was like the legend. <laughs> yeah, he was like the rep for like Converse and some of these yeah. other guys. Oh, you know, wow. like like super old school. Um, so, so that happened, and then so nothing came out of that. And then a couple months down the line, um, get a call out of the blue, and Denny says, Brian, I am so bored right now being retired. He's like, this is the first time I've ever retired, and I don't like it. I need, to, I need work to do. What do you want me to do? And I'm like, I'm like oh, God. You know? like, Shit, he's like, like <laughs> Yeah, he's like, give me 10%. I'm going to be your, you know, of all sales, I'm going to be your, your manufacturer's representative. And I'm like, ooh. And then he's like, how soon? He's like, the very first thing he said was, um, do you want to be in Walmart? And how soon can you get me get me your product? And I'm like, whoa, you know, like that's so. Like when he says product, how much product? He just wanted samples. Okay, he just, samples. Okay. And my samples were horrible. You know, like my products weren't anything crazy. Like I didn't have official. Pa- I didn't really didn't have. Official so then packaging. in your head, you're like, I gotta find packaging now. I had to make better packaging. Yeah. is what I had to do. So I I kind of you know just. And got, here's a side note, really quick. How important? Is packaging on a lure to you? To me? Yes. Uh, it's very important because... You think it's just as important as building that lure? Like you got to have a very yeah, good yeah. packaging because there's some companies that look like shit. And they might sell because they're lure, but do you think like... We talk about swim baits with a lot of guys. And yeah, they go, yeah. Man, you look like at a Roman maid and you pay 500 bucks or whatever. You look at that package and you look at everything and you're like, wow. That thing looks like a, you know, a whole... Like, you're, like you ordered a knife or something like that. Yeah. And that's what people talk about is like the packaging is like a main thing on, on the product when you put it out. Yeah. So there's, um, there's different levels to every product. And that is one of the, one of the levels that you need to really pay attention to. Yeah. Um, if a, a lot of the, um, the swim bait guys, by the way, I've, I've been watching all of your, you know, all of yeah. your videos. Yeah. They're all awesome. You know, yeah. they're all really, really cool. Um, I think that, I think there's like, so there's different levels and there's like just different things to think about. So like if you're just selling your product online, packaging's less important. I mean, it's still important, but it's less important because somebody like going to buy, like, I'm just making this up. Um, so like someone that wants to buy a big swim bait that's popular online, they're not going to really look at packaging. They're going to, I mean, they're going to look at the picture, you know, on their website and mm-hmm. like maybe there's packaging on there. Um, so it's not as important for that. But for the for the companies that do sell retail, you know, like ours are, I mean, you, you walk into, you know, a big five. Um, we do a lot of business with big five. I love those guys over there. Yeah. Um, so like you walk into a big five and they have like, I think we have like 20, uh, probably like 12 to 15 SKUs inside a big five, which is pretty cool. Um, but you walk into the aisle and there's like, it's just, 
you have one side of the aisle, the other side of the aisle. It's all it's all fishing tackle. Yeah. What makes your product stand out from every other one that's on there? You're literally like you're a fisherman walking in there. You're gonna see a million different products. Imagine like you don't you're just fishing for the first time and you don't know what you're doing, which is the majority of yeah, people. Yeah. At Big Five, definitely. Yeah. yeah I mean, even Walmart, anywhere. Walmart too. I mean, anywhere. The the majority of people are just in fishing for fun. Yeah. You know, which is awesome. So like. If the person fishing for fun is walking into the aisle, you know, how are you standing out to them? And what is what is making them purchase yours over anybody else's if they don't know anything about fishing? I agree. Packaging is very, very important. Um, Also, the fishing lure is very, very important. Um, But but there's two different aspects. You want to catch different levels. You have to catch the person's eye. Just like your uh, advertisement. Yeah, it's the same thing. thing. You want to be like pop, you know, colors, maybe. I don't know what the yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, um, you know, that's that's part of the packaging. And then you have the marketing side of things where, like, when, you know, I'll give you that same predicament of you walking down an aisle, there's something called an aisle violator. So it's like a little, like a peg sticking out. And then it has, like, a little four by six inch, you know, graphic um, that catches the person. Like, they're walking down. They see, oh, hatchery dust, buy three, get one free. Yeah. I'm going to go buy that, you know. Yeah. It's very hard to get something like that into a store. Um but it's just like something to think about. So there is a whole lot of levels. Like nothing's more important than the other. Packaging is very important. Your product's very important. Um, customer service is very important. The way you portray yourself on social media is very important. Whether or not you respond to people is very important. Like it right. just Shit. it just all adds up. You know, it all it, it just all adds up. Um, so back to uh, getting him uh, your product, your new packaging. You're going into Walmart possibly. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I went from plastic bags that I that I had at the time and. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to go into a big chain, you know, I, I should probably, um, it was actually big five. It wasn't Walmart. It was okay. big five. Um, cause I, I actually remember this, like now the picture's <laughs> back in my head and, um, and they have, I think they wanted like 200, they have like 270 locations that would fit our product. Cause not all their locations fit, you know, fit our products for yeah. trout fishing at least. And, um, so I'm sitting there with, you know, with just plastic baggy worms and are you fulfilling these? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I have my like, family. Yeah, like yeah, assembly yeah. line with the family. Yeah, Holy I mean shit. it's it's different. <laughs> Again, this is a different time. This was before like I couldn't just make a phone call to China yeah. and say, "Hey, China, you know, make Do these it for all me." Up, yeah. Or hey, you know, D and J Plastics or whoever that all these guys are getting their stuff from, like, yeah. make this for me. Like it wasn't that shit, time. Dude. It was like me doing my own stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so we would I would have like packaging parties pretty much, and I owe all my family for this. Like even like Buy, my sister's like, a boyfriend, thirty six pack beer. Food, whatever. Yeah, right, we were too for young for that, though. Oh. I mean, we were, we were kids doing this, remember? <laughs> so, like, I would have probably, like, eight. I remember our first big order um, to fill our distributor, which was, like, those, whatever those locations was, like, 80. Lo- what was that? Because we had 13 then. So, like, I don't know, whatever it is. So, we had, like, 100 locations at the time, and my distributor placed a big order. And it was, like, of all 13 SKUs, it was 100 quantity of every single one of them. And when you're not doing that type of quantity in the beginning, that's scary, you know, because that's a lot, like 100 times 13 SKUs, you're looking at 1300 products. Yeah. Do you even have, I mean, that's 1300 cards, you know, header cards and 1300 bags and 1300 this or 1300, you know, we were sealing the bags. Like, do you have enough glitter? Do you have enough, do you have staples? Like, yeah. it was just a lot. And um, I tried to do it at first and it got to the point like, mom, can you help me? Dad, can you help me? Kevin, you know, that was my brother. I was like, my older brother, my little sister, their, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, everybody would come over and just all have a packaging party, you know, and we yeah. just all watch movies and package. Um, so I'm in their debt. I'm a hundred percent in their yeah, debt. Right. But when you're starting out a company, like people that, people that, you know, aren't really starting companies or they just, you know, aren't too familiar with stuff like that. They'll be like, well, why don't you just hire people to do it? 
right? Because they have no fucking money. That's you have why. no money. So like, that's why they go. I've had people go, oh man, you should just hire someone to YouTube or, which it's like, I just don't have the money to do it. it like it, I don't have, a, I, I don't make that much off this enough as is. Like so, it's like you just don't have the money and you got to figure it out till yes, you get there. Yes, it all adds up. It all adds up. Yeah. And um, like people just don't see the back end. Like you want to start a company, you got a you a corporation tax. What is that? Like eight hundred dollars, and you have to get insurance. You know, you're paying yeah. a thousand, two thousand dollars. You have overhead at you know at your office. You know, that's another you know two thousand yeah, dollars. Like all these little things just keep adding up. You know, um, so uh. What was I getting at? I was We're doing the packaging, getting everything ready, seeing if you could go into big five. Oh yeah. So I'm sitting there with my, with my little poly bags and stuff. And I'm like, man, I should probably like move over to something more fancy. So I end up moving over to clamshells. I found a nice client, you know what a clamshell yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. it just opens up and looks really, really nice. Um, so we moved on to that. So I had all my products in like these little clamshells, um, quickest little production I've ever made. I designed that product fast like probably <laughs> it was a week and i had a product you know in my hands and yeah. you know off to my guy um so it wasn't perfect but it was good enough and then sure enough you know probably two weeks later he says brian you know we're picking up 270 big five um big five locations and i'm like holy how shit. many how many so how many SKUs did you have then um well i still had the 13 SKUs. so that but, the skew with a with a product it's like a shirt so it's it's one design, right? Yeah. So you yeah. have 13 different types. Of yeah, ones. I'm sorry. Okay. So 13 different colors. Okay. So one product line, which was a three-inch trout worm, and then 13 different colors okay. of lures. So each one of those, each different color is considered a skew with and their how own many, unique how many, barcode. Uh, like, so how many pieces were you selling on each skew to the... To, the, to them? Yeah. Um, so they picked up... Oh, geez. What did they pick up? I think they picked up... Oh, I don't know. They, they picked up a couple different... I think they had like five skews or something like that. Okay. That's a lot. And But how many of each skew? Oh, it's it's a lot. I mean, they'll pick thousand up a thousand. Yeah, oh, it's wow. a start so out. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you think about it. You you have you know two hundred. We'll just use two hundred fifty locations instead of two seventy, just to make the number yeah. a lot easier. Um, but let's just say two hundred fifty locations, and they're going to pick up an orange worm, right? They're they're going to want to put like probably four yeah, on least, each peg. At least. Yeah. So you're looking at a thousand, and that's just like your initial order. So then they're going to keep filling and filling and filling from there. Um, but if you get one. If you get one product, and a lot of people don't know this, like you get one product in any of these retail chains, like one SKU, it's a big deal because you're pushing so many units. It's not just like, hey, I'm putting a hundred pieces and I'm putting thousands usually. Yeah, you're putting yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like you're you're filling that thing up. So this um, was this was big time, like where it's like, okay, you had five thousand pieces or however much it is mm-hmm. you had delivered to them. Yes, and that took probably a good like three weeks to fill, you know, to fulfill that. Yeah, no job. This is full time doing it. This is full time. Okay, mm-hmm. this was full time. Um, so I, I dropped out of college. This is a different story. So it was my third year of college. Um, what were you trying to be? Uh, business. I was majoring in business. So you already know what you're fucking doing. Right? I knew what I was doing, but <laughs> the thing was like every time I learned something, and you know, at in college, I just incorporated it to the business, and then you know, next thing you knew. Um, I just kind of said, screw it. I'm dropping out of college because I'm going to, I didn't drop out like, because I was lazy, like not by any means. No, you're doing a business. You're busy. Yeah. So what I, what I did was, um, and again, completely different. I'm going to say completely different time, like 5,000 times in this little, in this podcast, um, because it was a different time. So what we did was because social media couldn't go viral because there was no social media trade shows were the place to be, you know, magazines and trade shows. And there was, um, I think there was two Fred Hall shows, which was the, you know, Long Beach right here. And then there was one in, was it like Cal Palace or something? There's, there's one up there. I don't know. I think the Bakersfield, the one I knew, Mm -hmm. it it might not even been around then the San Diego one too. Yeah. San Diego, Del Mar. Yeah. So maybe they had like four of them, three or four of them, whatever it was. Um, 
And then I think it was, what was that? International Sportsman's Exposition? Right, it's up, still up, there, up, it still up, up there? north, right? Okay. Yeah. So they have a lot. They had like six of them, six or seven of them. Yeah. So I'm like, I came up with this crazy idea. Like, hey, I'm going to go. To, I'm just going to travel from show to show to show for five months. It was five months. I literally traveled from show to show and had a booth at every single one of them. I, like I saved up all my money. Like I was literally. And I was were you broke. thinking selling or promoting? Um, selling. Sorry, selling. Yeah. Because that was the only way that I could, I could make money. You know, because I had like, I think when I, when I got my booth, um, I think I worked out a deal with them. Like I, I wouldn't have to pay them to like 30 days after or something. Okay. Um, so I go to the first show and I'm like, okay, well I have all these, cause you have to commit, like I'm going to get a better deal if I commit to all five IS, or six, whatever ISC yeah. shows. Right. So like you get a better deal. So I committed to all of them and, you know, would pay them as we got up there. And, um, so the very first show I'm like, I, I, w- I think I was just promoting. I was just promoting out of it. I just had a you know a normal booth. I think I had like silver grid wall, nothing crazy, you know, and zip zip tied everything and just put a whole bunch of pegs on it. Nothing, nothing it, like it wasn't fancy whatsoever. And I was just promoting it out of there the first day. And I'm like, damn, dude, like I didn't make any money because I wasn't selling anything. I was yeah. just promoting. I was like, hey, go buy. You could buy these, you know, at Big Five, and you could. I was just pushing them everywhere else. And I'm like, well, you know, as a company just starting out, like you got to bring in money, you know, somehow. If I'm gonna how how am I even going to pay for that first booth? Right, you know, you got a return on it. Yeah. yeah. So um, so then I'm like, damn. So the next like after you brainstorm little things and problem solve it, the next day or later that night after the first day of the show, because each show is like three days, four days, five days, whatever it is. After the first day, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to Staples. I'm gonna go buy a um a cash register. So then I bought a cash register. I went to the bank. I got like just you know I took my hundred bucks or whatever it was, and I got smaller denomination bills. You know to where I could sell. I made some, I made some flyers, like just, I think, cause I didn't have a printer, you know, wherever I was at the time. So I just like started writing out things like for sale, did a little, you know, yeah. learned a little bit about, you know, marketing and all that stuff and sales and all that. So, um, I think the very first one, I think the first show, I think we made like, I don't talk numbers with anything, but it's so yeah. long ago. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I think we brought in like a thousand dollars, you know, That's for great. the, for the whole show. And it was like five days. So it was like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like, great in a sense of like we didn't make money i lost money on the show but i had a thousand dollars in my pocket to be able to to go to the next show and you, you know yeah, I mean? and i learned product it, we moved a little yeah, bit that's what I'm saying. but but i had no clue what the hell i was doing though too you know but like the more you do things the more you the better you get you know yeah. so like for the next one i had gone to staples and i like i think i helped i think they helped me design something for all my little flyers Just and then i knew yeah i bought more pegs i bought you know i i had more product up i had it all shipped to me because it was all at my house um, to where this next booth that I had was just filled up everywhere. I had every single little square of those grid walls just filled with product yeah. because I saw what other companies were doing. And it was like, if you could, if you could make yourself look really cool and really big, like people will come into your booth and buy stuff. Which people don't, I feel like that's a, that's another little trick is make yourself look bigger than you are when you're looking. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know? I mean, definitely. it helps. Yeah, it, yeah. And it's just part of marketing, you know, yeah. for smaller guys. Um, so I, I think that show, so like I did, I, you know, adjusted little things and all that stuff, made it look a lot fancier. Um, I even remember like had our old banner on the top. It said like in black letter or it was, it was black bold with, um, or background, black background with like white bold letters that said lip rippers across the top. Um, very, very basic, super basic, but I was so proud of it. Like it paid, I think cool. I paid like $50. Yeah. I was so proud of it. I may still even have that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then that, I think that show we brought in like two grand. So we pretty much doubled our money. And then it was the next show that I actually like really learned what Where the hell I was at? doing. Um, I want to say it was, 
I think it was like the Pomona show that okay. they had out in um it was you know where Pomona yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. yeah there was they I think it the was Fairplex or something. Yeah, okay. I want to say it was ISE Pomona or something okay. because it wasn't it definitely wasn't Fred Hall. So they don't do those anymore down here, do they? They don't do ISEs I don't think anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I I haven't done those shows in in do you forever. You do Fred Hall still or no? Um we haven't for the past couple of years like we need to. Um, but you don't because it's you just kind different. Of push it the way you need to already, it's doing it. It's, it needs it's to just be. different because we have, and we could talk about the social media stuff, you yeah. know. But like that, our social media drives everything. Like I don't, I don't know how much we need the trade shows, but like it, it's still. And if you're going to the trade show, you're not going really to uh, sell. You're going to promote. It would be prom- strictly yeah. promoting. Um, hey guys, wanted to give a quick recommendation for a rod. The rod we're going to be talking about is the M1 SMX 82 ML. Uh, I'm using this for the Tiny Clash are the new SU bait they're going to drop. Great rod. Uh, it's pretty parabolic. It was a recommendation by Kevin Matson, and I kind of got a couple other recommendations for a lighter rod for these baits. So if you're looking for a Phoenix rod for a bait like that, check this one out. Check them out at your local tackle shop. Thanks for listening, guys. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And I'm not going to talk bad on it. Like it, I would probably do it again. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so that show, um, Pomona the, was a game changer yeah, for you. Yeah. The Pomona show, um, we, man, we did, I got two booths this time, you know, and like every time, every, every did you get that just to show like maybe a little more clout? You know um, what I'm saying? Like, like you said, to make it look bigger. So you had two booths. You're like, who the hell is this guy? He has two fucking booths. Kind yeah, of thing in your yeah. Head. I mean, so that 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 was part of it. Okay, that's one of the things. But what what happened was, you know, I made the couple thousand on that last show, and then I made the thousand on the other one, um, to where I was able to take some of that money and then put it somewhere, you know, and and try to scale things instead of just being comfortable with my little one, you know, my ten foot by ten foot yeah. booth. I figured I'd take you know a whole bunch of that money, put it over there, and just see what happens. You know, it's all trial and error, and I'm yeah. happy to do that. I'm happy to 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 lose all the time so I can win <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I had 10 foot by 20 foot booth. Um, and it was super colorful. Cause like all of our worms were like bright colors, like super bright. So you look at this thing, it's just like glitter, like, ah, you know what I mean? It's like worm heaven. So I think we had, um, of each different, you know, we had, so it was basically like 10 foot by 20 foot of just all product. I brought everything literally that we had. And, um, I think we brought in like $5,000 for that show. And that's when I learned what to do, what not to do. Um, I learned everything, you know, um, as far as trade shows go, because trade shows are very difficult. What people don't understand is like you do a trade show, like you go to Fred Hall show or whatever, um, and you're you're paying. I, I don't remember what it was. What was it like two thousand dollars for yeah, the booth? It is. And yeah. then you have you know you're there for five days. Um, you have to have your trade. You have to have like your your actual setup 
you know, that's going to cost like you a lot of money. two days and like a million people to set up. Yep, that too. Um, are you going to have a TV in there? Are you going to have, how much product are you going to bring? Who's going to work your booth for five days? If you're driving, I live in Chino Hills. If you're going to be driving from Chino Hills all the way to Long Beach, how much in gas is that? Um, your employees, you know, that gets very expensive over five days. You know, food for your employees. And like, there's just so much going on that these shows, like, even though it's just, you know, $2,000 or whatever it is for the booth, you're, and you're into you're these things. Four to five or something. Four to 5,000. Like yeah. So, like, you, if you're not doing these things right, it could really damage you very, very, very fast. So, like, if I was giving advice to somebody that was just jumping into it, get a booth, get a 100% get a booth, but your ass better think about what you're doing if you want to come out of that thing live. You know, have a plan before you just go oh, in and yeah. go, I'm going to do this, bam, done. And then, oh, what happened? You know, yeah, because yeah. that stuff adds up, man. That's just one show. You know, that's just one show. So, so we, this is in between the, you're, you're, this is after Big Five. You're in Big Five already. So you mm-hmm. started doing the trade shows. You did a whole year of them. Mm-hmm. Went really well, it seems like. It did. It okay. did. It did. Um, and then things just change. Like you, you start hitting that. And it's the same, same thing with social media. Like you, you hit a certain um, you a see, plateau almost. You hit a certain point. And then all of a sudden it just, you know what I mean? You just, everybody else sees what you're doing. And then everything just like snowballs into like this big thing. And then, so once you, know, you got to that point, you just you didn't have to do much because it just sold itself. I, I mean, I still did. I, I still well, did. I mean, but, but, but marketing wise or kind of the gorilla thing, you're it speeds like, you up. Yes. It accelerates you. Yeah. It accelerates everything. Um, and it just positions you, you know, a lot better. So, uh, because like if, if one retail chain, you know, has, has the product in there, the other one wants it and then the other one wants it and then so forth. Um, and then we had, I could, I could just jump, you know, that was our 13 SKUs of trout worms, yeah. you know, like we do okay with those. Like it, it, it was just our first product, you know, and, and this um, is all only off so far. The success is only off those 13 SKUs. Oh yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and you know, like we had all this success, but I'm still struggling, you know, there's, there's so much money. Because you're putting everything back into the business. Yes. That's the hard part. Yes. I mean, uh, you, there's like, there's things to think about. So, and people don't often think about this, but like, um, I'll give you an example now, right? Like if I picked up 250 new locations of whatever it was and I know, and they picked up like four different SKUs, I'm going to be into this for, I'm going to need $10,000 of inventory. I'm going to make, I made up that number, but like, I'm going to need $10,000 of inventory. Do I have $10,000 sitting in my pot to pay this inventory? <laughs> oh. Okay. So now and what's I have, the return? In your yeah. head, you're like, am I getting ten thousand return? Am I getting fifteen? Is it worth five thousand? Which sounds like a lot of money, but it might not because you have other things in, in the works. Yeah, so like that's just that's just like more money being taken out, which you have to do though. Like you have to buy inventory to sell yeah. product. Um, so let's just say I buy it all right now, and there goes my ten thousand dollars. Right? Okay. First of all, where did that ten thousand dollars come? Did I have to take out a loan? Which happens a lot. Like yes. businesses survive on loans. Yes. You know, typically most do. So let's just say that ten thousand is gone. Now I have to get that product into the store. So I ship it to them. They don't pay you right off yeah. the bat. They're, we all have terms. So yeah. like some terms I have 30 days, some terms I have 60 days, you know, some terms I have 90 days, you know, with some of my bigger guys. So um, terms are like, if I ship you, you know, if I ship you something, my product now and my terms with you are 30 days, they're going to pay me 30 days after, you know, they get it after they get okay. it. Um, imagine, you know, jumping to my other one, which is 60 days. So now I have $10,000 gone. For 60 days, I'm not going to get paid, right? So, like, that just completely slows you down, you know? So, like, it's just something to think about that that people, you know, tend to overlook. So, sometimes times. you might jump the gun and go, let's do it, just because you see a, a money sign in front of your face. Yeah. I mean, you have to do it. 
you, you have to do it. <laughs> There's no way around it. So, right? so here's the thing, like, and, and I've, I've learned to do this is you have an opportunity to present itself like that. If someone said, Hey, I'm going to, I would like 250 stores, your products in 250 stores, I'm going to do it and I'll figure it out later. You know, like you become as a business owner, you become a master of figuring stuff out later and you become a master of finding money and moving money around to be able to support those things that yeah. you need. Um, so I, I guess, you know, just aside from those, uh, aside from the trout worms, um, our hatchery dust, you know, I had mentioned that for lip when did that When did that come out? That was, I think that was 2014. Okay. 2014. So were you, where were you at with the company at this time? Were you in Walmart yet? Yeah. So we had. So uh, that's the whole thing is to get into Walmart is a big fucking deal. Like, so we didn't. A, we, yeah. We yeah. didn't have Walmart yet. Okay. At that time. Um, and I may be a little off on some of okay. my info because yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. so long, but I, we didn't have them then. Um, and this is actually where it gets kind of fun. So we had come up with uh, me and Craig, you know, he had, he's like, Brian, I have this really cool idea, but you know, I don't, he's like, I sold Crave, you know, are, are you interested in working with me? You know, you build it and then we'll work together on it. I'm like, hell yeah. You know, I'd, yeah. he's my mentor. So I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do this with you. So, um, so he shows me like, he's like, yeah, hatchery does, or he had called it something else. I think he, I forgot what he called it. It was, it was something funny. <laughs> so like I created the name hatchery does, I created yeah. the labels and all that stuff. And, um, so we had, I know we had big five at the time, um, sports chalet. We had like, we were killing with sports chalet. Um, they ended up going out of business. We had man at the time, I think we had like, cause we had a couple different product lines at the time. We had some like little jigs called little rippers. Yeah, um, so I we remember had, those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, those are still hot sellers. For yeah. Us, that's, you know? That was like a big deal. Little rippers was like a, what I remember. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sold a ton of them. Um, still do. And, uh, so we had several different product lines in all these different chains and hatchery dust was just the winner. And like, if you have a product that's like the best seller, you call that the winner in, in business, course, or at yeah. least I do. So we had come up with this idea, you know, we came up with the marketing plan, all Did that you stuff. Did you have a patent on this? Um, no, there was nothing to patent because I mean, it's, it's a, it's a food. I mean, yeah. you could call something, uh, like what is a, what is a hatchery pellet? It, what is it made out of? Yeah. Like it could be made out of anything. It's just. So explain that if you want to explain the whole, how, how it works. Hatchery does. Yeah. So, so what that product is, um, it's a powder, it's a powder, but what it is, it's like, it's a supercharged formula of the exact same hatchery pellets that trout are raised on their entire lives that they're, you know, they're, they're grown because um, like in Southern California and pretty much all across the U S like trout die off in the summertime. So they have to keep getting stocked into all these lakes, you know, for people to catch. Yeah. And then after they're caught, you know, the stock truck comes by and puts more in. Yeah. So they're all fed the same thing. Um, and Craig has a history with, with hatcheries and everything. So um, we were able to, we set up a meeting with, um, with someone in Utah who was a, uh, Oh man, the guy's just a genius. They're, they do, um, they did, they specialize in dog food and they were like the main, they were like the main manufacturer, like in the whole U S and the guy's genius. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, my, um, my, one of his got one of his employees, cause they're huge. They're multi, 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 multi-million dollar company. Oh. You know what I mean? Um, one of his, one of his employees, she had a, um, she had a master's or whatever in pallets for like animals so that she knew exactly what every animal liked. So they designed, they took out like all the filler ingredients inside of a palate and they took, they, they only kept in the ingredients that pertain to a trout's taste and smell, you know, that the trout, like you eat it, you eat, take a bite of a hamburger and you taste that mustard and ketchup. Yeah, exactly. We put a lot of that mustard and ketchup into the formula, you know? So, um, they ended up making everything for us and it was like the coolest thing ever. So what you do is you just get, um, power bait or power bait, anything, Anything. It's like Play-Doh. It flows yeah. off the bottom and trout love it. It's like the number one seller. So what you do is you put some hatchery dust in your hand and then you just coat the outside of your, your dough bait with the hatchery dust. And so for the first time ever, you're fishing with a real life pellet. That was like, that was the thing. Cause it looks, what was the, uh, 
So I love, this is the part I love about this shit. What was, how was it the first time you took it out to fish? Oh, it worked. Were you like, what the fuck? It's working great. Oh yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you kind of expect it because of the people that we had involved in this product, you know, it was all the top guys and, and Craig knew what he was doing because he stocks trout at his lakes. He's done that for 20 years. You know, he knows, he knows everything about this stuff. So, um, so yeah, so we had, we had the product down. Um, we had our little, we called it in dust. We trust. I have a trademarked on that because that (laughs) was, that was just our slogan. Um, and then, you know, we created all the ads and, and I was like, Craig, well, you know, we have this product, but how do we get it into all the stores? And Craig's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So we sat down and we figured we figured out like the best game plan for us at the time. So you got to close your product, even though you have product in this store already, you uh-huh. got to close them to like the new product. As yes. Well. Yes. It's very difficult to get a new product into stores. They might like that one, but if you have a new one, they're like, oh, I don't know yet kind of deal that's the crazy thing yeah so like um when you're when you're first starting out as a company you you are doing the pitching to all the buyers yeah yourself um now we have distributors that meet with these yeah. retail chains so we just give our samples to the distributors the distributors then show the product to to the retail chains and then they do all the work so it's different now yeah but because we didn't have like the the big retail chain distributors behind us at the time because you got to start somewhere um we had to go directly to everybody and we didn't have the walmarts we didn't have you know a lot of these other guys yeah um so what we did was we came up with this plan and we're like okay we have five meetings that we want to show the buyers of all these of all the different chains we want to show them our product because nobody had ever seen anything like that product you know it was completely unique so um what we did was we set up it was like i think we started monday um so we booked a we booked a flight sunday night to fly up to the first chain on, on Monday. We had a meeting with them, um, a lot of coordinating with all these buyers to get a specific time and date with all of them. Um, so we met up with our first buyer, um, did that deal. And then we flew right after that, like later that night to the next spot in a different state to the other buyer. So then we did that again to the second buyer. We worked our deal, everything there. Later that night, we flew to the next one. So we did that for like five days or whatever it was. Did you close all five? Closed all five. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Closed dude. all five. Yeah. yeah. So that that was like it was the biggest it was the biggest learning experience I've ever had in my life. Um, and you know, Craig was you know to thank for that. You know, he really put me on the on the fast track. So we picked up um, we picked up a lot of locations. We you know we picked up like a ton of WalMarts. I think they put it in like 500 WalMarts or something like that. Damn, and dude. and a lot of um, Bass Pro they put it in there. Cabela's put it in there. Like uh, everybody was sticking it in there. So that's your that was your mm-hmm. the, that changed the whole game. Changed the game because I learned so much from that. Like it, it really. And then you and then now we have like these distributors because what happened was like so we pitched it directly. But then when we pitched it directly and we all these stores you know now wanted them. Those buyers wanted them. Remember what I did with AWR? Yeah. I kind of did the same thing with okay. a different distributor called Maurice. And I was like, hey, guys, look, we have Walmart wants it and all these other guys wants it. Do you want to serve them for us? And they said yes. So then now, you know, we're, we have one person. We're shipping to one person and they're filling up all these different they retail locations. You're going to do anything. Yeah. So like, so, so that Maurice is a different story. Um, yeah. But uh, and it's not a happy it's not a happy story with them like whatsoever. But like, so what I was <laughs> learning, doing, it's a, something you learned. Oh, yeah. Another, another learning. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just get like the heebie-jeebies even thinking about them. <laughs> um, but what was happening for several years, you know, for the 10 years that I was with them, um, we would give them our new products and then they would pitch it, you know, to all of them, to all the new stores, all those big stores. Um, so. But uh, so, yeah, the hatchery dust like that was that's how we got, you know, into all those stores and um it's a big deal, man. That's that's a big accomplishment. Oh, it is. Huge. It is. So so that's um like every time you it's scary. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like every time you take a leap, it's 
it's fucking scary, dude. Yeah. Like it is super scary because your your numbers go in directions like you're like, how am I going to do this? Like you like I think our first Walmart or um, our first distributor order was like it was like twenty thousand or no it was thirty thousand units of like each different skew of hatchery dust, and I'm like, we're gonna get the money for all this shit. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I'm How still many a times kid. Have you, ta- have you taken small business loans out? Oh, all the time. A lot. All the time. Really? All you the got time. To. You have to. It, do you have a guy you go to that just knows you? Uh, just like, banks. Oh yeah. Just banks. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, you're going to lose on it. I was using cabbage for a long time and it was, don't do that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say don't do it because like they gave me money, but like your, your the, rates the, are really yeah, bad. Rates are bad yeah, but, sure. but at the end of the day, like cash is cash, you know? And, and sometimes like you just got to eat. You just got to eat up some of your profits or even, I mean, even if you got to eat up like most of your profits just to get a deal going and get it because going you know smooth, you're going to be back on it'll top. be back. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh man. So yeah, I had a, that was very stressful. It was like, like my, I was, I was talking to my dad like a long time ago and I'm like, dad, you know, like I have, you know, they need all these skews and I, where am I going to come up with all that money? It's stressful as fuck, like super yeah. stressful. And I'm like, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, so like I called up everybody um, and this was before I could even get a loan from a bank. So, yeah, some actually my first loans were like from friends and family. That's okay. actually what it was. And um, I think I pulled out like 20 from one friend and 20 from the other friend. And like so now I'm in debt to my friends for the first time. Like that's weird, you know, like and I'm sure it's weird to uh, ask to borrow money. From oh, friends. it is. It because is. You're like either I, I move forward or I don't. And there's no other way I can do this. There's no other yeah. way. Like if you want to succeed, you, you, you figure you stuff figure, out, exactly. you know, and then I'm sitting there like, well, they're not even going to pay me for 30 days. And I like, I need it now. I need the money now. Cause sometimes you have to pay for product up front, you know? Yeah. So like yeah. it was legitly like 60 days out. So like I had to say like, guys, look, I'm going to give you your 20,000 plus, you know, whatever. I forgot what else I give them. They were happy at the yeah. end of the day, but like, I had to wait 60 days to get this money back in, you know? It's stressful as fuck. It's just stressful. So because like, if it's like, it's it's 59 days, 60, it'll be here tomorrow. Oh, fuck, come on. Oh, dude, yeah. Because you already told someone, it'll be back in 60. You're like, well, shit. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, like, realistically, like, I, I could sit here and be like, yeah, like, we did really well that year and everything, right? <laughs> it's not like that, bro. Like, if, if you, unless you come from money, unless you have money available to you, like, already from some other business, every time you take a step up in your business... It, it, it just puts, it throws you down like this big old, like, of course you need it to succeed and you're going to make so much money at the end of the day. But like you get to the point of, okay, I had all my money tied up into all my friends, all this stuff to try to get this product in. I was eating top ramen for, you know, for 30 yeah. days straight, 60 days straight. That's how it is. You know, yeah. I didn't, I don't think I went out for 60 yeah. days, but it's all part of like sacrificing those little things and understanding that at the end of the day, something because big's going to come. Because then it's a snowball into its own deal. Yes. So that you're going to just keep going, okay, more and more. Then you take the profit, put it over there, keep putting it back into mm-hmm. the, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like the more you do it, like the more connections you have for like loans and all that stuff, because people start trusting you. Um, or like even you start companies getting, might trust you a little more, right? I mean. Oh yeah. And then you yeah. can negotiate your terms and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so like I've, I've been blessed to like all my manufacturers. Like honestly, if I ever got, because I do so much business, like if I ever got stuck, you know, if I ever got stuck, which I've been stuck before, I'll just say, Hey, look guys, can I, you know, can I pay you in 15, you know, 15, 20 days? Is that fine? And they'll be like, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's that's completely cool. fine. Make relationships. It's all yeah, networking, relationships, and all that stuff. And so now just being you, transparent. you could be doing anything. You could do anything in the fishing industry. You've done this all, man. Um, you know, you could. I mean, you could go do everything. You've been through because you you made a bigger company. That's kind of cool. You know, like you've seen it all. Yeah, I but mean, do you want to? You're like, no, just for myself. Uh, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it. 
it, it's kind of interesting because, like, at the end of the day, I do things that I like. I do things that I love. Um, and I, I, I hear what you're saying because, like, there's been times where I might be able to make money on this podcast if I don't say fuck, shit, cunt, bitch. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I talk. I'm a construction guy. Like, that's... Yeah. And that's what, I guess, the real part... I, I People say some bad shit on here, and I'm like, huh, here's what it is, dude. You know, and I feel like that's what I love doing is talking real to someone, you know? Oh, it's fair. And I'm sure you feel the same way as, like, you love having your business and it's real to you to where you wouldn't have the same enthusiasm if it was someone else's. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, my, my brands, I love them equally, you know? Um but at the end of the day, like, I don't touch anything. Um, I do a whole bunch of stuff. I have my hands on a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of different things. Yeah. But everything that, like, if I told you Is the Lip things, Rippers your main deal? Um, Lip Rippers and Bass Dynasty. It, those are your main Those businesses. are my main. Yeah, so I go, I do 9 to 5. Um, I have an office out in Chino, um, 9 to 5 for, those are my brands. And then I just, you know, do some other things. You do the um, card. Some uh, yeah, I do sports too. cards. Okay. We have talent sports cards. Yeah. Um, so we're just starting to scale that and doing a lot of, we just got a utility, or we're working on a utility patent that we just submitted for sports cards for and stuff. For your own, your for own sports like, cards, like yeah. tops, like tame deal. Uh, uh, it's kind of complicated. Yeah. Um, probably a story for another day. Just hit me up in a year. We'll do this again <laughs> in a year and we'll, we'll no, talk about all that stuff. it's interesting because I mean, your, your business, very business minded, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So Thank it's you. like for you to take on that many and some of your Instagram, you also run multiple Instagram, uh, sites. Right? We do. Yeah. We do. Um, my guys run them, but yeah, we have. And some of them 13. I'm like, fuck, I, I follow that. Or I see uh, that, you know, like that's shit. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we have like 13 or 14 pages, maybe more. I'm not too sure, but yeah. they all, they're all like hundred, 200,000 followers on there. Did you build those back when you mm-hmm. figured, Oh, lip rippers. Cause Bass Dynasty grew a little quicker. A lot quicker. Yeah. Why? Um, bass fishing is a lot bigger than trout fishing. True. A lot bigger than trout that fishing. That much bigger, huh? A lot bigger. Because that's like almost 10, 20 fold. What? A lot bigger. A lo- yeah. I, I can't even stress how much bigger it is. Um, it's very, very, very hard to grow like small niche pages. That's why Lip Ripper is like, it has 12,000 followers. Like it's still doing fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's it's fine. Um, it's good, you know, for, for a trout fishing page. Um, but it, the market for that is just so small. I mean, you just ask like the typical fisherman, like, do, Hey, do you, are you passionate about trout fishing? I am. I know I am. I'm like the most passionate about trout fishing ever. Um, but you just ask the average person. It's like, no, I go bass fishing or catfish fishing. You everybody know, everybody bass fishes, you know, like that's, everybody does. Yeah. Everybody bass fishes. So, um, so yeah, I mean the market is just, it's just everybody, you know, it's when did you uh, start thinking, okay, I'm going to move to the bass deal. Cause you kind of built lip rippers. Then you had the idea of Bass Dynasty. What triggered that? Um, debt. Believe it or not, debt. Really? Debt. Yes. So um, so the distributor that I told you, Maurice, um, they, they filed for bankruptcy. Um, a couple <sighs> months, yeah, they, they had ordered a whole bunch of our – I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, so like this is just what happened. Um, so I, I had worked with this distributor for a long time, and they didn't pay me for a couple months. And next thing you know, they owe me a lot of money. A lot of money, and then you know that uh, we're going to pay you guys. We're going to pay you. We're going to pay you, and um, not very transparent on their end. Just completely screwed us. They screwed everybody over in this industry. There's a shitload of companies that probably got screwed. Millions of dollars on these wow. other guys. Not me because I yeah. was small fry, you know. But like the chunk that they owed me was devastating. Yeah, completely devastating. When they said they filed for bankruptcy, and like they ended up after the bankruptcy, like they paid us off like two percent of what was owed, which was like nothing. 
And it was like, oh man, like every, every major company that sold to all these retail chains, cause that's the, who like the distributor served. Everybody was just in this big, like big pickle. I forgot where, when it was, I think it was like 2017. Okay. Or I think it was somewhere around there that they actually announced the bankruptcy. And, um, so I'm sitting there and like, like, I'll just tell you. So they owed me like $50,000. That's a lot of money. You know, like oh, yeah, it's a lot of fucking money. And I'm sitting there like, you guys aren't going to pay me. You guys have been telling me you're going to pay me this whole time. And you're now you're not going to pay me. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, I mean, I'm, I'm young compared to every other business owner that's yeah. in fishing tackle. So I don't know these things. Like it's my first time ever dealing with something like this. And, um, I don't know what to look for when somebody's going bankrupt. Yeah. Maybe I should have like spotted certain things they and all that, but I didn't know other companies. You, did you talk to anyone else? And they're like, we kind of knew. Every, some people did, but like most didn't okay. and most like really got stuck. Um, so then I'm sitting there and this story, like if you went on Bass Dynasty, I think on our IGTV, like you guys talk about uh, I do talk okay. about a little bit about it, but like, I'm happy to talk about it here though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Lip Rippers was, cause I just had Lip Rippers with them and like, that was our hatchery dust. And like, they had all of our SKUs. We had like 90% of our products in with that distributor. That was like our distributor. Did they have any product they had to give you back or just, it was gone? No, it was gone. And they like liquidated everything. So like they liquidate, see what made it even worse is like, so they didn't pay us for the product that we sent them and then they liquidate it. So like they had back stocked a ton of stuff, a ton of inventory that they didn't even have sold yet. And then they liquidate that to the stores afterwards that they still didn't pay us on. So like whenever anything's liquidated, it fills those pegs up that you want to sell to and get your pegs on. So like screwed us. So like just that completely screwed us for a long time. And um, so I'm sitting there like, Bro, I was sad. <laughs> yeah, no. I was fucking sad. I was sad. Like, you could probably hear in my voice. Like, I get teary. Like, just no, thinking dude, about this time. No, that's a lot it's of like, money and your time you put in and you. Oh, yeah. Your confidence you put into mm-hmm. a, a distributor. You know, like, oh, you're going to be good. No, you're not. You're yeah. fucked. Difficult time, man. Like. Yeah. Like, that whole year was just, like, super stressful because that was. You spend money. When you have, like, that $50,000 or whatever that was coming in. Like I had spent it. You you do that. Like you put it in places that you know, like you buy new inventory because they're gonna need it, you know, like you just yeah. put it in places that's gonna make you even more money. So when they when they didn't pay us that money, I'm sitting there like just sitting I owe all these I owe all my suppliers money. I owe them a lot of money. You know, there's yeah. fifty thousand dollars, like what the hell? That's a lot of money to yeah. me. That's a lot of money. So I'm just sitting there like not knowing what I'm gonna do with it. Um and I'm like, Do I just go bankrupt? Do you go bankrupt? I, I've just never been that way. I've, no. I've always fought. I've figured shit out, you know, I'll figure it Loans, out. Loans if I got to do whatever. I'll like do whatever I, whatever yeah. needs to happen. I, I'm a professional problem solver. Every business owner is like, you just figure shit out, you know? And like, it's just not an option sometimes to go bankrupt. You know, it's just not, I work too, way too hard yeah. for yeah. somebody else, you know, to just throw me under the bus and do this to me. So what I ended up doing was, um, I had always wanted to jump into, I have a lot of friends in bass fishing. Um, Oliver and I, yeah, that's, that's one, of, that's like one of my best friends. Oh, nice. Um, in, yeah, fishing. Yeah. I grew up fishing with him. Um, oh, cool. I actually have some funny stories. He got me. At Pud, were you fishing with him a lot? Oh, yeah. He used to pick me up. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. But, uh, but, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's a different story. I'll, I'll <laughs> remind me about Lip Rippers and, and Oliver. Yeah. Because sure. the name I jacked from him from his username on oh, Fishing did you, Network. Oh, did you have that on Fishing Network? Uh-huh. It was Lip Ripper <laughs> without a Z, and then I jacked it. So um, you tell him, hey, bro, I jacked your like, name. Like a week later, and he got so mad, he didn't talk to me. Because we're good friends. <laughs> he didn't talk to me for like a couple of weeks. It was so funny. 
I mean, it was so guys, funny. You guys made up, so it's fine now. Oh, we're good friends. We're really good buddies. friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw him on your podcast. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm he so happy story, for that dude. guy. He, he has like the best story from he, coming from I'm nothing all the way up to like. Dude, and marketing wise, that guy is a genius at. Oh, you know, like very brilliant. Like yeah. he's beyond genius. Like this yeah. kid is like. I just love talking to him because like he thinks so far ahead. And yeah, like, yeah he's, he's made made it very far, man, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So um, so I guess back to the Bass Dynasty thing. So I'm sitting there like twiddling my thumbs, you know, with lip rippers because we're in all this because that distributor and um so i'm like damn you know what if i just create another brand i know how to do it but i knew that all my stores like i could figure out how to get my products my lip rippers products back into the distributors but it wasn't it was going to be like realistically a year because that distributor um they like liquidated my products to every one of my current customers so like they didn't want to order for a long time they're not ordering for a year like realistically so i'm like I'm like, how do I make more money? You know, so what I did was I just created Bass Dynasty. I'm like, I have the connections to do it. I know how to do it. I know how to brand. I, I, I learned all the fundamentals from Lip Rippers. Why don't I just try something new? Um, so the very first thing that I do, and I highly recommend this to anybody starting a company and you want packaging. Packaging is very difficult. Packaging is very difficult. I've been doing this for a long time and I have yeah. like, I still have trouble doing it. <laughs> what you do, just go to Walmart, go to Walmart or big five or any of these retail chains where they just have anywhere with a ton of like grocery store, anywhere with a ton of product, just go walk down, walk down every single aisle, look at the products on there and just see what sticks out to you. Yes. And then what, whatever's like, whatever makes you feel good. Cause a lot of times, like you don't know colors. I didn't know my colors. I didn't know Bass Dynasty colors up until I was walking like these aisles and I'm like, damn, Red and white, or red and black and white looks really cool. Yes. That's a really cool. Yeah. It's a very intimidating, cool color or combination together. Yeah. So like, I just walk down these aisles looking at different packaging, you know, and like, okay, well, if you have a, if you have like this bag shaped like this, it's very strategic. Like you have to have like perfect dimensions for a lot of these big chains, or else they won't fit the pegs perfectly and they won't put you in. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So like. There was a couple things I was looking at. Like first, I was looking at colors and yeah. combination of colors. So that's where I found the red and white, the red, black, and white. Um, the size Did, I forgot. Was this before you knew what you wanted to sell? Oh yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. You didn't know what you're selling, but you just wanted to know your packaging. Yeah, I wanted packaging. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah, because I didn't even have a logo. I yeah. just had Bass Dynasty. It was black and white. It was just and you just said, "I need to see the packaging. I want to make sure it fits on the shelf." Whatever. I, I want an idea. I want an idea of what I'm building. Yeah. You know. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I figure like sizing, I see colors, things that I like, um, you know, the, the logo, like I said, was just black and white. So it was nothing special. Um, I was building that community first on the back end, but, but yeah, if you're starting a company, you know, just walk down the aisles because you'll learn so much, you'll learn so much. Um, as far as like, it's kind of, it's like the, it's the fast process of doing it instead of you sitting there on Photoshop and not knowing what you're doing yeah. and like, where do I put the text? Where do I do this? Where do I do this? See what the pros have already done. See what the pros have done and then, yeah, you know, make your course. own little style out of that. Um, so yeah, so that's how I kind of, you know, got the idea for Bass Dynasty, but Bass Dynasty was my way to get out of the, get out of the hole, you know, that I was currently in. Lip Rippers was going to be fine. It's just going to take a year. I got to find a lot of money just to stay afloat. If I could stay afloat, that's a success and I'll scale it later on. But that year was like, it was the year that I just found the money. Yeah. So what I did was I have a product line um, called Lip Rippers Love Sauce that we have, you know, that's one of our best sellers. It's an attract, it's a very sticky attractant, very, very sticky attractant. So it's like, um, you have a, you have a hot dog and like you eat a hot dog, it's boring. Right. But like you put mustard and ketchup on it. It just tastes great. Scent. Um, it's so that's, scent. that's scent. Yeah. yeah. So we had made, um, trout scent and it, 
one of our best sellers, product still moving really well. Um, so what we did was we took the same um, formulation, that same extra sticky formulation, but we used bass flavors. So like we came up with crawdad and we came up with garlic and we came up with like all this other stuff. But we had we had already eight years experience with our trout scent. Yeah. So it was like an easy. You knew already and you knew yeah, where to go. Could. Because you had the manufacturer ready for that. Yeah, we have the manufacturer. Um, we, we already have our bottles. We have our lids. We have our caps. We have everything. Packaging's done. Um, all we had to do is pretty much design a new label, you know, with the new stuff. And um, and we knew it would work, you know. Like, we we trialed this thing forever, too. Yeah. Oliver was one of the guys, and he yeah. ended up catching that. What was that big in that big bass? I don't oh, even know. What was it, like 16, 18 pounds, 17, 16, 17, 17 whatever yeah. it was. He used our attractant, our yeah. Bass Dynasty attractant, yeah. to catch that. And um, so we had, you know, we had we had our page. Proof of the pudding, like you, proof of the pudding. Yeah. So we had our page, and we like come up with our products. Um, we on our Instagram, we start selling it on there and um, start posting that video. That was like that was huge for us. And then like we just started our community just started growing. Like we were growing like five six hundred followers every single day, which oh, was crazy. Shit, I mean, we had all of our pages that we we're funneling yeah, traffic of into. Um, so like that definitely helps, you know. And that's another story of how we funnel our our traffic in. Um, so yeah, so we had like customers coming in, like we we're building a demand and like we were able to show um, all of our current retail chains that, hey, look, this is what's happening. Like we got this many online sales this week. You guys will probably do good in, with this in your store, you know? And I just set up meetings with everybody, all my key buyers. That was my focus the entire year. You know, I, we, we did everything that we had to. And next thing you know, we picked up thousand locations for those, for those attractants, <laughs> you know? Um, but had to speed it up and we sped it, we had to speed it up because we were forced to. And that's, you know, that's just something else that, um, you know, like for the, the younger generation, like you get thrown these curveballs. That's what business is. You get thrown curveballs. You get like just stepped on and like crushed all the time. It's a problem solver. I think you problem solve what, it. Yeah. You just problem solve everything. And if you could figure out, you know, how to get out of it and if you could survive, there is a silver lining for everything. You yeah. know, I don't care how bad that email was that you got. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if, you know, if your manufacturer forgot to, you know, label all of your products, you know, a, a certain way. So like it, it, this happened to me before, like our, our, one of our suppliers, like they just messed up and like several thousand units were just toast because they put wrong labels and stuff on it. So, um, but like if what I'm getting at is like, if something like that happens, there's ways, if you could figure it out and sell them, like there's way, there's a silver lining to yeah. come out even better on top. You know what I mean? Because like that instance, like that specific example of all those wasted SKUs, um, I was able to find contacts to where, um, I ended up selling them all. I even made a little bit of money, you know, but what I was able to do is I was able to source people that if that problem ever happened again, I now have them to be able to sell to, you know, so like there's a silver lining to everything. But if someone fucks up your labeling, it's on the company to print again, right? Uh, it just depends. Like really? a, a, a lot of times, I mean, like you would think so. Um, but, <laughs> but sometimes, bullshit, like. but sometimes it's your problem too. It, it, it was because you're missing the product. I get it. It yeah. was, it was just, a it, like miscommunications. I ate it. I'm, I was, I was happy to eat it, you know, eat the cost on it. It was, there was just a miscommunication on, you know, what SKUs were supposed to be on there. Cause we had, we, it was kind of confusing. And like, so at the end of the day, every, every, every problem that you have is like your own problem. Exactly. Even though it wasn't your problem, it is your problem. It's your problem because you should have told them that you should have told them 10 times that, hey, look, this is the skew that you need. You use any other skew and you're taking these back. That's the conversation you have. Yes. You know, so Um, I didn't have that conversation and I learned the hard way. So now I do have that conversation from here (laughs) on out. So right now, do you have what other products do you have with Bass Dynasty? Um, Bass Dynasty. So we have the attractants. I think we have like 
seven different attractants that we sell very, very well. Um, and then we have some plastics. Um, we have a, what's it called? Design. We have design patents on two different ones. Um, one's called a Dynapaddle. And okay. it's, uh, it's like a Senko-looking type bait with two paddle tails on both ends. Okay. So what you do is you just hook it right there in the middle, and as it wacky falls. Wacky rig. Yeah, kind of wacky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, you know, both sides flutter down. Um, so the Dyna paddles, they're like the popular one. Then we have one, Dyna Curl, which has like two curly tails. Are you a motorcycle tails. guy? Uh, I used to have one a long time ago. Dyna? Did you have a Dyna? No, I didn't. No. I had a Jigsaw. But yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I didn't realize that till after. Um, but yeah, so like Dyna, so Dyna is like Dynasty. Okay. And then our we have a bass. I have a bass in my fish tank. She's like five pounds and she's famous for Bass Dynasty and she's Dyna. Okay. So you like that's Dyna. Dyna. Okay. So we just kind of like stuck everything and together. And what was the second product? I'm sorry. Uh, that was the Dyna Curl okay. with the two curly tails. And then we have a whole bunch of different sizes. And then we have one that's called a Dyna Craw. And it's just a crawl with like little okay. flutters. Um, but that product line was actually really fun. That was, I mean, all of the product lines are really fun. But, um, you know, it's just something about, you know, being in this industry is like, I had mentioned it was a lot easier to grow, you know, back in whenever, yeah. several years back on Instagram. Um, so I grew along with like a lot of these fishing influencers that you currently see that are all monstrous. So like, I was really good friends with all of them. I'm still am good friends with most of them, but like we all had the same followings and we all grew together. We all grew very, very fast. They just went a different route because they all went YouTube. You know, they grew on Instagram, then went to YouTube and they're all, they are very successful. But, um, how those plastics came about was, um, you know, catch them all fishing. He has, I think so, yeah. He has 3 million subscribers, 3, 3 million followers on YouTube. So big. 3 million. I remember when he had zero. He had zero, or he had 1,000 on YouTube. And um, I had like 5,000 because I had my YouTube channel forever, you yeah. know? And um, so uh, I, I was like, hey, let's race to 10,000, 10,000 followers. And then I thought I was going to win because I was halfway there. I cheated, you know? I was halfway there. Yeah. Right? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. I forgot what the bet was. It was like, it was something dumb. Um kicked my ass he kicked my ass and like like, a million (laughs) yeah he kicked my ass i think i gained like a thousand and that's when i realized like man dude youtube is so hard to do like props to everything that you're doing man i feel like so much good on youtube it's mine's all my audio is like probably five or tenfold what the youtube is yeah watches and listens Mm audio is way better for me but Okay. Because I started with audio for like almost 100 episodes and I started YouTube, but I'm not consistent on it because I don't have the time to really put those out consistently. Like this week I put two out. Oh, wow. So that's audio only. If I did two video, I wouldn't have a, I have a nine to five, just, you know, like it's a lot of work. So yeah, I, I mm-hmm. still have to do that. So it's like, it's hard. But um, with uh, now with Instagram, how do you feel like advertisement works? So like, how do you work advertisement? Because me, even me, I'm like, how would, if I wanted to grow this bigger, how do I advertise? I can't go paper. I doesn't do shit. You can't. Yeah. Um, how do you go? How do you go about advertising? What do you do to advertise? You pay just Instagram. Do you pay to get in their algorithms? Do you, what do you do? Okay. Yeah. I could, I could jump. I love Instagram. It's, that's been, you know, social media has been one of my yeah. passions. Um, but just really quick back to the other story before I forget. So like I bring up catch them all fishing oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was the designer of oh, those really? lures. He helped me design them. So like if you flip over the packaging, catch them all is on there, you know, oh, holding the lures. Yeah, dude. So we got to work with him, you know, and um, it's been really exciting to work with like a lot of these YouTubers. But he's like, if people don't follow him now, follow him. He's the coolest I'm guy sure ever. That. And I'm sure you've dealt with like a million different other people that mm-hmm. are really big as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like Oliver's brand huge. Oh, you know? Oliver's big awesome. Dreams, yeah. Huge, you know, like, yeah. But I mean, yeah, advertisement, because I feel like you do it right. Do you just 
depend more on the Instagram for advertisement than you do on like anything else. That's like where all of our advertisement is. You don't have to worry about anything else really. I mean, you have to worry about it, but like just the concentration. Cause like, if I said you just concentrate on Instagram, like that's, that's, I, that's stupid thing for me to say, yeah. you know, um, because you need everything else. You need Facebook and you need, you know, TikTok and you need all this other stuff. You need YouTube, you need everything to kind of just work together, yeah. you know? Um, but for us, because we're a small company, I have like three, I have four employees, you know. Um, so like we just we just don't have the manpower to like put a ton of time into everything. So we focus on things that we're good at. Um, and Instagram is one of those things. Yeah. Um, I think we have like one point something million followers across all of our pages, Damn, you know, to kind of just funnel everything yeah. together. Um, but it, it's all it's all trial and error. You know, as as with everything, we have the I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you, for instance, um, so this has nothing to do with Lippers of Bass Dynasty, but like our sports parts, our sports card page. And I'm going to use this as an example just because it's fresh and yeah. it's what I'm dealing with right now. So I, I just made a giveaway post, right? And I I expect certain things when I when I do things certain po- like certain ways when I do post certain ways I expect certain results on it. And if I don't get those results, there's a reason for the results. And so I just did a giveaway. I gave away like, I think it was two boxes of cards and this is for talent sports cards. So okay. I gave away two boxes of um, like the hottest football stuff and it was going to cost, it's like, it's a giveaway that's going to be $150. It's costing me 150 bucks. Yeah. So like I'm sitting here need, need to make this thing as successful as possible. And I feel that that prize is good enough to get anybody that likes sports cards into it and get involved in it. Well, just from my experience on social media and Instagram, I know that I should have a thousand comments. If I don't have a thousand comments on that post, something is wrong with the post. You know, like that's just, I use that number because that's what we're, that's what I know we should be getting. Okay. You know, because I've done so many of these giveaways. I've done hundreds of them. Yeah. Um, so as of like this morning, I posted it yesterday. As of this morning, it has like a hundred comments. It has like 200 likes on it and like a hundred comments. It's not good. It's not good in comparison to what I expect. So when I'm currently, like when I was driving all the way up here, you know, it was like a 40 minute drive, whatever it was, I'm sitting there like, um, I'm just, I was trying to brainstorm, like why, what's going on? So like the very first, and I could get like pretty detailed into this, um, just so like you could see what I'm thinking. I'd love to hear, yeah, what you're thinking. So what I had originally done is I had created a, um, I did this on my Canon, my Canon camera, um, hoping that, hoping that it, the quality would come out really good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I created a, I created the the video that was probably about, it was like more rectangle than anything. And then on the top, I put giveaway in, in white text. So, so the video wasn't full on the, on the Instagram. No. So when you have giveaway on the top and then the, the video was just like right under it, but at the end of the day, it was a square. Right. So, so that's what I did. And when I use the, there's some type of compression issue that I'm like, the first thing I look at is like, there's some compression issue with that video. And that may be what's throwing Instagram off because if I'm not hitting their algorithm, something it, I'm just not hitting their algorithms. So like maybe the compression like messed it up because it was like kind of blurry and grainy, you know, okay. so it's not ideal. So that's one thing I'm going to check. So next time I do it, I'm gonna do the same giveaway. I'm just same time of day. I'm going to post it and I'm going to try that, try f- filming on my iPhone to see if that makes a difference. Yes. Um, the second thing I'm looking at is the giveaway text on top. Like, a lot of times on Instagram, if you put any type of text, especially they white, throw you back. they throw you way back okay. and they just don't push you. They just don't push it out to everybody. So I'm going to try it without the giveaway text. Um, and then there was, um, I think the, I forgot what the other one was, but like 
the size of it because it, it, it's almost like you own real estate on Instagram. Um, you do an Instagram post and it's a square typically. You want to have as much space as you possibly have, or it's like post equity. I don't remember what it's called. I have no clue. But like you could post a picture up to this big. So like while you're scrolling down, it's going to give you like an extra half an inch. Yeah. You know, so like right now I have this square, but maybe I try this next time. Yeah. You know, so like, and then even the way I did it, you know, just the the structure of it, because it was kind of like, it was kind of forced. So maybe it's just, I wear a hat backwards and then I do it, you know, and like, I'm your friend and like, Hey guys, everybody come on in instead of be being like, hi, this is Brian. This is, you know, here's what we're giving away. And like, you know, being all professional, but you're really thinking about all these things. It's crazy. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I make a post and I go, maybe it'll do good. I don't know. You know, just like, I just put it up and it's usually the only post I usually use promotion mm-hmm. like for podcast episode up. And the thing I have learned is when I post a picture of me holding a fish, it usually does really good. Yeah, that's that's where it is. When I mm-hmm. post a picture of some guys holding fish, it might do okay. And the episode ones usually do three to five to six hundred likes. Cool. Mm-hmm. But I could post up me catching a, a decent calico, and they'll be like, "Oh, it'll be like eight hundred or nine hundred like cool." But it's weird to find out what people want to see or the algorithm. I don't know, dude. Oh yeah, there's like there's little things that you'll learn, like yeah. sticking your hashtags in the comments, the first comment that you make on every. See, post. I just started doing that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that that how that worked, and someone told me, "Yeah, don't." Do you use hashtags? I'm like, no. You should because they help. I'm like, all right. So I started doing that. and I think it's helped. I mean, I feel like I'm getting a little more followers. I don't know. Oh, well, and you just got to be strategic with your followers um, or with your hashtags. Like we have on ours, we have different sets of hashtags that we use every other day. Or um, we have like Monday hashtags, Tuesday hashtags, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And those are saved into our phone. So we just copy paste them. How many times do you post once a day? Uh, right now we're um, we're just posting once a day on everything. Um, we ideally like when we we're growing really 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 fast, we were posting like five or six seven times a day. Do you think it helps? It did. Yeah, it did because but like viral. It depends what kind of content you're making, but like if you're just posting viral type content, um, the more you post, the better, in my opinion, um, because you just need something to catch, yeah. you know. And when you do have something catch. Like if I was starting out a new page, I would just keep posting. I'd post as many times as you yeah. possibly could. Post all your correct hashtags. And if you get one to catch, you're just going to have a lot of people come in. I mean, even put your page on private, you know? So like if, you're, if your page, you know, catches <clears throat> and like people start, people start, like I tag you, like, hey, go check out this post. And it says like, you can't see it because the page is private. You're going to go click on that page you know and follow, follow them. Yeah. They're going to follow. So like there's little things like that, that you just, you constantly learn. Um, or when you post a video, you know, make sure that your cover of your video is, is nice. Yeah. It's like the crazy thing that's happening. You yeah. know, the guy t- tipping over in the water should yeah. be your cover because people will see that and they'll be like, Oh, I want to see what happened to this guy. Like what happened to him? Um, like on the YouTube videos a long time ago and they put girls with titties hanging out and it was really not that at all. <laughs> oh geez. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, even if like you're posting on Instagram, like there's, there's just like, again, there's little things that you learn and big fish always are cool. Yeah. Big fish are cool. Um, You'll get if you post a viral video, it'll be you'll get a lot more activity, more impressions, all that stuff with yeah. the video. Videos are king on Instagram right now, um, and then your pictures of you know holding up the big fish like that's the second one. A picture that is really good and underrated is anything with a reel. If you could take a picture with your reel in it, excellent, excellent. Really? Yeah, I don't know why, hmm. but like people just want to see a reel. Like they see the reel and they're like, Ooh, I'm going to double click that reel. Yeah. It could be the most boring thing ever. Like it could just be like a real rod it straight there. Yeah. Yeah. And then like your, your lure, like connected to the, like the bait cast or whatever. And it's like, it's not the craziest, coolest thing ever, but I will get more. I know that if I post that, I'm going to get more activity on that than yeah. the guy holding up a big fish Yeah, just because of the reel, you know? Damn. 
So you just learn. You learn. Little things like that. I mean, you've I mean, you've done a great job at doing all these different accounts and Lip Rippers and Bass Dynasty. Um, thanks again for coming on the podcast, man. Can you plug everything so you, people can know exactly where to get you? Oh, pl- yeah. plug, plug right now. Plug away, just dude. Plug it. Yeah, just... plug everything away. Oh, geez. Let's see um, how good you are if you remember everything. Oh, God. All right, I'm a little lost. Um, okay. So we have... Um, Lip Rippers, mm-hmm. that's the first brand that we ever came up with. Um, and that's for trout fishermen. If you okay. trout fish, you know, you go up to the Sierras or, you know, you're fishing for stocked fish. Um, go on Insta. Everything we do is primarily, primarily Instagram. Um, so just go to at Lip Rippers Inc. That's our Lip Rippers page, our Bass Dynasty page. So if you're a bass fisherman, you're a tournament angler, you're just an average angler, it doesn't matter. If you like bass fishing, go to Bass Dynasty. So it's at Bass Dynasty. Um, the sports card page that I mentioned is at Talon underscore sports cards. So that's our new gig. And all of our other pages, um, we own, um, I, I won't, you know, tag all of them, but yeah, like, you but like our main ones, we have like big bass culture on Instagram, Supreme Outdoors, Explored Outdoors, Wilderness Outdoors, um, Fisherman. We have, you know, just a whole bunch of different handles. Yeah, there's some the big ones. Yeah. yeah. And then my personal too is, um, my name on there is Brian Joseph. I typically don't have my, you know, my real name on there just cause I, I like to hide behind the scenes a little bit, Yeah, no. but my personal is wolves of fish street. So it's okay. wolves underscore of underscore fish street. And sometimes I'll post like behind the scenes things yeah. of just like, just my journey, you know, like I don't post all the time. I really don't. I don't use social media for myself a lot, but like I'll do the stories sometimes it's hard and, because you're on it. Probably like I'm mine too. I don't post on my personal. Oh You're yeah, so much. It's like yeah. I don't really need to like. You feel like it's stuck to you, you know? Oh, for sure. So like, <laughs> like just things that I post on my personal is just like like this. I'll take a picture of yeah. us together and yeah. I'll post like the behind the scenes things, the cool. fun things like that. Yeah. So, um, but that's me in a nutshell. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just just the average person having fun, man. I, I won't touch anything unless I'm having you know unless it makes me really happy. And yeah. everything that I mentioned today makes me very happy to where I could live. You know happily the rest of my life doing what i'm doing so i appreciate you coming on and telling us an amazing story like oh, I said, th- it's a really you. good story i appreciate you, you. Uh, breaking it all down and uh hopefully we can do it again like i said when you do the card thing i'd love to hear more about that and i'm sure there's more stories to talk about yeah well, like, what are you what are you doing later at seven o'clock today i'm, I'm down to do another one i'm fishing bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding but but yeah thank yeah. you you know congratulations on your success thank i you. mean I you're, abs- you're absolutely killing it i i probably watched like five episodes in the past week appreciate you it, know man. with oliver and everybody yeah, and yeah. it was like wow i know him him and him and then he just did jimmy too yeah, like that's yeah. i can't wait to re- to see that one yeah and, it was a fun one man i, yeah. I appreciate it and thanks for coming congratulations. on congratulations thank you all right well thank you